hang on to your headphones, people. I have Ian from Rockhampton on the podcast this week. When I was at our recent leadership camp, someone asked me if I'd met Ian, which at that time I hadn't, and they told me I had to get Ian onto the podcast, not only for his great story of how God came to dramatically change him and his life, but also for his straight-up, fair-dinkum Aussie way of telling his story. It's an absolute cracker. Enjoy. All right. Ian. G'day, Ben. How are you? Mate, I'm excellent. How are you? Good, mate. Good. Hey, thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast. Glad to be here. I, um, uh, we're down here at the leadership camp at Karakalinga, and uh, I got here a little bit late on the Saturday, and somebody said to me, Ben, do you know Ian from Rockhampton? I went, no, I don't. He said, well, you've got to get to know him because he's got a great testimony. So go and talk to him. So here we are. All right, Ben, yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to share my testimony. Yeah, so where did it, where did it all start for you? Uh, so for me... Probably grafted in New South Wales. Yep. So I was working there and I worked in civil construction. So we laid sewer lines, drove backhoes and excavators. Pushed lots of dirt around. Yeah, pushed a lot of dirt around, dug a lot of big deep holes. Yep. And uh, I probably drank hard after work. So every day for us was just... Uh, probably drank hard, I imagine. Uh, well, very hard, <laughs> yeah. as a matter of fact. That, really uh, that, that was just normal life. Mm. Uh, I didn't actually know a whole lot else. Mm. I'd done that since my trade. I'm a fitter by trade. Yeah. And uh, I travelled and I just met people that were the same as me. Yeah. Uh, I never realised I was a problem to myself, but actually I was, yeah. but I didn't know at this point. Yeah. So I drank, I smoked, I took drugs, I swore, I fought, and life seemed pretty good. I thought that I was in control because I did whatever I wanted to do. Uh, no one told me what to do. I don't think anybody could tell me what to do. I just did whatever I wanted. And I uh, had no rules, only one. And it just so happened that I found myself in breach of the only thing that I said I'd never do, I did. And it was being with someone that I shouldn't have been with. Yeah. And uh, it really cut me to the heart because I just, I just knew that that was wrong. That was the only thing in the whole world that yeah. I knew was wrong. You shouldn't interfere with anybody else's marriage and by mistake I had. And so I immediately moved out from there. Yeah. And uh, straight away almost everybody started talking about God. Everywhere I went, people were saying, oh, you know, you've got this rotten lifestyle, you're going to go to hell, you need to change your life. So had people spoken to you about that before or it was just, it, or uh, were you just in tune now because you, you know... I you, probably think I became in tune. Yeah, okay. There was one guy before who was down in Coffs Harbour, so I was still working civil there, and uh, I was in the hotel and this guy came in and he had a bowl on his head, so I don't even know what religion he was. He had a white robe and a bowl, and uh, he sat in the pub drinking orange juice, and I got really angry. I thought, well, I don't go to his church and drink beer. <laughs> to, any my to have this guy in here, <laughs> and I just felt like I was being judged by him, even though he didn't look at me or anything. Yeah. I just felt that way. So I bought a, a carton of beer. I went over and tapped him on the shoulder, and I said, I need to talk to you outside. And I think he might have thought I was going to beat him up or something. He wasn't very good to coming out. So when we got out, the long and short of it was we spoke for about two hours and I just asked him to prove to me that God was real. Mm. And after two hours, I was totally convinced that he was thoroughly confused. He had absolutely no answers at all. And he was the only guy that I thought that might know something about God and he knew nothing, absolutely zero. And I thought, well, that's it. If that's God. That's God. 
hopeless. That's hopeless. Yeah, no answers at all. And I actually asked that guy, you know, what do I have to do? I said, if you can prove to me that God's true, I'll wear the bowl. I said, I'll wear it, but you've got to be able to prove it. And he couldn't. Would you have worn the robe as well? Yeah, I would. I would have. I would have done whatever he said to do, I would have done if he could prove God. Mm. And in the end, he said, you've just got to believe me. And I thought, well, that's hopeless. Yeah. That's what all the churches are saying. Yeah. And I didn't know who was right. But after I moved out of this house because of the circumstance, it seemed that everybody was talking about God. And I was probably a little bit more in tune mm. uh, because I was cut to the heart. It was the only thing that I ever thought was wrong mm. and I'd accidentally been involved in that. Mm. And so I met these people and they'd say, well, you're, you're going to go to hell. You've got this terrible lifestyle, you're a drunk, you're a drug addict, you're violent and you're going to go to hell. And I thought, well, only if it's true. No one's proved God, so if God's not so true, not true hell's probably not true either. Mm. So it's no good threatening me. Mm. If there's evidence to mm. prove it, yeah, well, I'm good. Mm. Uh, but no one could ever prove God was real. And I was amazed. I thought, why would you spend your Sundays every week going off to church and you're not even sure? Why not go fishing? At least it's fun. And it made no sense at all to me. I thought, all these people. And when I looked at their lifestyle... They were still drinking beer, not as much as I did. They probably didn't like it as much. They still smoked cigarettes. They still swore. And I thought, well, what's the difference anyway? Mm. If I'm going to hell, and my comment often was, well, I'll see you there. Because you're, <laughs> you're probably right. Because you're no different than me, buddy. Let's have a look at it here. Yeah. And so it was a very logical look I looked at things. I'm a fitter by trade, mm. uh, so I can pull things apart and put them back together. And so for me, it was easier to have a look at them and think, well, hang on, there's no difference here. Mm. Moderation maybe, but you're still doing all the same stuff. Mm. See you in hell. Mm. <laughs> have a nice day. Mm. And no one ever could. I worked with a guy just after there. We worked in uh, excavation. We used to bore big holes under the road and push pipes through. And he come to work one day with a jacket on with outreach written on the back. And to me, in my natural thinking, I thought, well, outreach... Always do the best you can. Always try and do better tomorrow than what you've done today. And that's, that's how I thought of it. Anyway, one day I asked him, I said, oh, what does the outreach on your shirt mean? And he said, oh, that's the church I belong to. And I burst out laughing. I said, you filthy hypocrite. You drink rum with me every single night and date drugs and you're telling me you go to church? Serious. You're living with your girlfriend. How can you possibly say... You go to church? He said, well, I do. I said, it's hypocrisy. Mm. And he said, well, you should come too. <laughs> and I thought, this is just wrong. This is wrong. Anyway, he asked me a few times, so eventually I thought, I'll go to church with you. And so I did. And uh, when I went in there, it was a Pentecostal church. Yeah. Uh, everybody was rolling around on the floor and waving their arms and barking like dogs. And I'm just looking around thinking, if God expects me to do this... I'm not doing it, full stop. I don't care what they've got to say. If he wants me to roll around on the floor and bark like a dog, I'm never going to be a Christian because I'm not doing it. And so we left. Uh, when we left, we sat on the fence outside the church and uh, we rolled the biggest marijuana smoke you've ever seen and we started to smoke it. And I said to him, I said, don't you think there's something wrong here? I said, we're on, we're on the church fence. I said, we're breaking the law. I said, doesn't that matter? He said, no, no, it's good. 
And I just thought, this is hopeless. Wow. So all the people I met that talked about Jesus never talked about what you're supposed to do to get right with him. Mm. They talked about him not even like they knew him. It was just, it was all empty. It was all just empty. And so I sort of was almost ready to leave my work at that job. And my boss, uh, he had a fight with his de facto. And he came round to my house. It was about three o'clock in the morning. I was still drinking beer, as good drinkers normally do. And uh, he came in, he said, oh, I've had a fight with my de facto. Can I stay here tonight? I said, yeah, that's fine, Bruce. No worries at all. And he said, can I tell you something? And I had no clue what he was going to say. And I, and, and I didn't care. I said, yeah, whatever you want to do. And he asked me a question. He said, do you believe in God? And I nearly choked on my beer. I said, Bruce, you got the wrong bloke. And I said, I don't know anything about God. And he said, I want to tell you what God is. And he shared this testimony with me. Uh, he was on a property outside of Roma. Uh, they were mustering cattle. Yeah. Uh, they came in from the paddock, did a little hut where they were going to sleep. And he said, when they got there, a guy pulls up in a car, gets out on the bonnet with a Bible and starts reading from the Bible. Bruce just freaked out, got back on his horse and took off. He wasn't staying there with that guy. He said, when he came back the next day, the two ringers that were with him... What's a ringer for those that... So ringers, they work out in the cattle and round yeah. up all the cattle and breed them and chop their horns off, whatever else they do, all that fencing, all that sort of stuff. So they're pretty tough critters. Because there'll be yeah. people who are listening to this overseas yeah. who've got no idea what a ringer is. Yeah, so <laughs> ringers are fairly hardy individuals normally, they're fairly private. They like private life. They're not yeah. really Which is why they're social out there. people. Yeah. That's why they're there. A lot mm. of times they're hiding from society. They just don't fit. He said when he came back the next day, he said they were washed... They were shaved, they'd thrown away all their alcohol, all their smokes, all their magazines were all in the bin. And he just said, if ever you're looking for God, he said, that's what God does. He said, God changes people. And then he went to bed. (laughs) And I just sat there wide awake thinking, that's the first thing I've ever heard about God that makes sense. All the other stuff that I heard only convinced me that God wasn't Wasn't real. Yeah. So here's Bruce, my boss, who never goes to church, but he's seen something happen. And I believed his testimony. Mm. I thought, that is incredible. Mm. And I could not get that out of my head. I just could not stop thinking about God changing people. Because that's what I figured a Christian would have to be, someone who was like me, changed into something like God wants. That's what I always figured, but I never saw it in all the religions. No one ever mentioned that except for Bruce. Mm. So then I started to sing this song. I don't even know where it came from, that you can speak to Jesus on the royal telephone. I only knew the chorus and I sang it all day on the top of my lungs. So I'd be down the, down the trench laying sewer lines. I'd be singing this song on the top of my lungs. The guys would be kicking dirt down the hole and throwing rocks and bottles at me saying, stop that noise, stop singing. <laughs> but I just couldn't. Seriously, I couldn't stop singing that song. It was everywhere I went. It's bizarre, I was, isn't it? It was just in me from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. They hated it with a passion they hated it. Even Bruce was annoyed. He was the one that started it by yeah. telling me. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's what I used to do. And then I thought to myself one day, maybe I am supposed to go to church but I didn't know where I was going to go. Mm. I had no clue. Mm. Across the road from the little flat where I'd moved out of that previous situation to was a church. 
held about 30 people. Old-fashioned little timber one, pointy roof, cross on the front. And I thought, maybe I'm supposed to go to church. Maybe all this is happening to get me to go to church. So I made excuses for about six weeks. Oh, my boots weren't shiny, or no, I need a shave, or my jeans have got wrinkles in them. And in the end, I just thought, if I'm serious, I need to go. And so I did. I went across there and uh, I went in. No one said hello. No one asked me who I was. And I wasn't your regular guy. When I had a big red beard, bald head and a rat's tail two foot long hanging off my head. <laughs> so that I must have stood out a little bit. Now, this is like radio, so people can't see that you don't look like that now. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm fairly clean shaven, for short hair, normal. For our listeners, he's got, there's no rat's tail big with <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I didn't look like a normal guy. I must have stood out surely, but not one person in that church, including the priest, mm. asked me who I was, what I was doing there, or what I wanted. And I was just dumbfounded. I went home and thought, well, if that's what Christians are, I don't ever want to be one because they're not friendly. Yeah. Over the next few weeks, I thought, well, maybe I didn't do enough. Maybe it was me who wasn't friendly enough. So I thought, well, I'll go again this Sunday. And so I did, and when I got to the doorway, the priest was on one side of the doorway. I stood on the other side of the doorway. I shook everybody's hands. I introduced myself. I said, it's glad to see you here today. Come in, take a seat. And no one asked me who I was, what I was doing, or why I was there. So when I went home the second time, I thought, that's it with Christianity. It is just hypocrisy. It is a joke, and I'm never going to be a Christian. But I still kept singing the song. The song was still there. I then moved. I came up to Bundaberg, so into Queensland. So, I mean, at this point now, I'm down in Taree and I've moved up now to... in northern New South Wales. Northern New South Wales, yeah, we're working down there. So I moved up to, to Bundaberg. I didn't know anybody at all in Bundaberg. I slept underneath the traffic bridge. We got there at 3 o'clock in the morning. I had a swag with maybe two sets of clothes in it and that was me. There was nothing else. I slept underneath the bridge... I was having fish and chips for breakfast uh, the next morning and this guy comes over who I'd never met before and he says, Jesus can change your life. That was the first thing he said. So that reminded me of what Bruce said because yeah. he said people have been changed by God. And I just put one and one together and I thought, that's what Bruce said. And I said, where are you going? He said, oh, I go to, it was a big Pentecostal church, Christian Outreach, and uh, I thought, okay, next time you go, I said, I'm coming with you. And the guy nearly died of shock. I don't think he expected to be hearing that. Anyway, he showed me where he lived and I went round to his house the next day. I was a bit late. Uh, I didn't have alarm clock or anything. I was a bit late. He'd already gone. So I got in a taxi and I actually went to the meeting. So when I got there, he introduced me to the pastor and he asked me what I thought was a really unusual question. He said, what are you going to do today? Well, I had no clue what I was going to do today. And I said to this guy, I said, well aren't you supposed to tell me what I'm doing? I said, aren't you the pastor? I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I said, I'm waiting for you to tell me what I'm doing. And he said, oh, all right then. He said, when we have prayer, he said, come out to the front. He said, well, call out. He said, come out to the front. In the meantime, it was the same as the other church. People are rolling around on the floor on their back. They're kicking their legs and hands in the air. They're barking like dogs. And I'm thinking, this is insane. This is like the other church. This is the same. That's what I was thinking. This is just insane. But I thought, well, if I'm serious about God, 
I need to find out. And at this point in my heart, I wanted to know whether God was true. Mm. And I was trying not to see all the stuff that was going on. I just trying to see, well, this is God, I want to know. Mm. So when they called for prayer, I did get out to the front. My knees were knocking. I tell you, I don't reckon I've ever been more nervous. Yeah. I went out to the front and he said, shut your eyes now. And I didn't really want to do that because I, I wanted to see what was going on. Then again, I thought, well, if I'm serious, I should shut my eyes. So I did. And uh, he was in the microphone and he pushed me over backwards because when you're standing there, you've only got to get moved three inches and you're gone. You're gone, yeah, because you can't see. You can't see and I'm going backwards toward the floor at 100 miles an hour and I'm thinking I'm going to smash my head on the concrete. He's saying in the microphone, I never touched him. It was the Holy Ghost. I'm thinking you're a liar and I'm out of here. Yeah. Some guy caught me. I jumped up and I ran away. I ran straight down the aisle. As fast as I could run, I ran down the aisle. I got to the front doors and their second pastor met me at the door and asked me a question. He said, how do you feel? And I said, well, no different at all. And he said, well, don't worry. He said, if you died in a car crash today, you would certainly go to heaven. And I was amazed. I thought, well, I haven't done anything. And so I asked him one question. Well, it was a joke. It was a laugh. I said, I asked him one question. I said, is there anything else I have to do to be saved? And he said, no. He said, you're saved. Well, I went down to the pub and got blind drunk. Mm. And I thought, well, if I'm saved, why aren't I changed? Mm. And it didn't make any sense. I thought, well, Bruce said those people changed. I'm not changed. And now they're saying I'm saved. So now I was even more confused. Mm. It wasn't getting any clearer at all. The more churches I went to the more confusing the whole thing become because it was just opposite of what I thought. The one thing that I believed all the way through was that the Bible was the Word of God. Now, an interesting point... So where did that come from? Where did that belief come from? Probably my Sunday school. When I was young, we went to Sunday school, but that's all. I always just figured that it was. And at one point, I actually bought a Bible Mm. to try and read it just by myself. Mm. I opened up the Bible at all the begats. So-and-so baguette. <laughs> and I'm thinking, who is this baguette bloke? <laughs> and I threw it in the bin. I bought it in an afternoon. I read it for 20 minutes and tossed it in the bin. Yeah. I thought, what a waste of space that is. But I always figured it must be true. Mm. It's got to be all these people, but it just seems that no-one knew anything about God. They didn't have a clue. Mm. I didn't have a clue, mm. but I was convinced that they didn't have a clue either. And at least I wasn't pretending. Yeah, absolutely. I was genuinely what I was. I did want to know God, but I just, I couldn't know. I didn't know where he was. So I left there. Like I say, I went down the street. I got drunk and I thought, well, that doesn't work. I went round to that same fellow that took me to that meeting and his parents were there. Now, his parents fellowshiped in the revival fellowship. He had fallen away at some point, but he, he knew... Pentecostal church. church. So he wasn't going to the Revival Fellows, he was going to his other big church. But he never told me that you must be born again. He knew it, but he never told me. When I met his parents, it was really good. Their name was Gordon and Evelyn Riley. So they're a very old couple. They were in their 70s when I met them. uh, They said, G'day, how are you going? I said, oh, very well, thank you. I thought, you know, nice old people. And uh, Evelyn said, oh, do you believe in God? And I said, why is everybody talking about God? <laughs> I said, everywhere I go, just lately, everybody's talking about God. And she goes, do you believe in God? And I really didn't know. 
because of all the stuff that I'd been through, I actually wasn't sure anymore. Mm. And I said, I said, I believe the Bible is God's word. I said, but I don't know about God. I said, I don't know. I said, I really don't know. And she said, oh, okay. She said, oh, have you been baptised? And to me, that's christening. I didn't know, I'd never heard of full immersion baptism. And I said to Evelyn, I said, oh, I said, if you want, I can ring my mum and find out. And she burst out laughing. <laughs> and she goes, no, 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 no. She said, you're thinking about christening. And I said, well, isn't that the same thing? She said, no, not at all. She said, the Bible says you must repent, which means be at an age of understanding where you make your own decision and you get baptised by full immersion. And I said, well, well, no. I said, I've never done that. And she said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And I didn't even know what it was. Even though I contacted all these churches, no one had ever, one, opened the Bible, two, told me about baptism, or three, mentioned the Holy Spirit. And I said, look, I said, I don't know what that is, receiving the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. I said, but I'm pretty sure that I haven't done that either. And she says, well, you're dead in sin and you'll go to hell. You must be born again. And I said, well, hang on, the guy last week told me I was saved. She goes, well, he lied to you. Yeah. He lied to you. Yeah. You must be born again. And so I said straight away to Evelyn, she showed me the Bible. I could read it myself. I could see baptism. I went with Evelyn. I got baptised by full immersion in water. I didn't receive the Holy Spirit that day. But when I went home the next morning, I couldn't drink. I couldn't smoke. I couldn't swear. I threw all my drugs in the bin. Just like so Bruce what do you mean, said. So, so what do you mean you couldn't? What? what? Oh, I actually tried to have a cigarette. Yep. This is the, the morning after I'd been baptised. I got up to have a cigarette like I'd done for the last 15 years and it tasted absolutely disgusting. And I can remember thinking, fancy having a bad smoke in a bucket. <laughs> so I tried five more and they were all the same and I couldn't believe it. You're the most persistent bloke I know. <laughs> I'll try five more. I was in shock. <laughs> I just couldn't believe what was wrong with them. And I, I didn't even twig yeah. about being different. I threw them in the bin. I got a beer out of the fridge. Why was that beer for breakfast? Had a mouthful, spat it back out, and I thought, the beer's off. Tasted like petrol. I physically could not drink the beer. That's fantastic. I threw it in the bin, and I'm thinking, what is going on here? That's I got my drugs, and I just threw them in the bin. And I never, I could never do that before. Mm. I used to bet people I could give up smoking and drinking and swearing yeah. and drugs. Yeah. And I'd lose the bet every time and I'd be back into my old habits. I had no power at all to give any of them up. Yet this day I threw them all in the bin and they went out to the trash. And you didn't even try. Threw them out, Brilliant. gone. Then I thought, well, maybe it's all true. Mm. Maybe it is true. Yeah. And so... I went to the next meeting, I rang the pastor. I said, you've got to, you've got to tell me what's going on here. I said, when I came in here, I said, I was normal. I said, now I'm not. <laughs> and he laughed. He said, no, 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 no. He said, when you came, he said, you weren't normal. He said, now you're moving toward normal. He said, you need to come and get filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so I went to my second meeting and he showed me in the Bible and I thought, yep, I can see that. I didn't understand tongues. It was just too big for my head. Mm. And so in my mind, I just said, look, God, I said, if this is true and this is what you want, then I want to be right with you. And I instantly started to speak in a language that I never, ever heard before and that I couldn't understand. And I knew in an instant, in, in one blink, that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and that God had raised him from the dead. 
and it was like this immovable fact that was just... You no just doubt. couldn't change it. Yep. You could not change it. Did, and that, did it freak you out? No, nah, I was relieved. You, just, you were relieved because you now finally, after all of this searching, you finally knew. Well, the first thing that came to my head when I spoke in tongues was that it's all true. Mm. That's all that was in my head. Mm. It's all true. And I knew from that point I could trust everything in my life to Christ and he would never, ever fail me. And so for 30 years, the Lord has done heaps of miracles. He's healed my body. He's supplied all my needs over and over and over again. And I can honestly say he has never failed in any aspect of his word whatsoever. He's absolutely true. He's absolutely faithful. And we can trust him with our life. And it's an incredible life it indeed. It is an absolutely incredible life. So when the Bible got introduced, that made everything crystal clear. When they showed me the scriptures, they're the only people that ever showed me the scriptures. It just crystallised right before my eyes that there it is. This is what we need to do, not just to talk about God, but to receive God's Holy Spirit in our life. The instant change that Bruce talked about happened immediately, immediately. After I spoke in tongue, everything about my life changed completely and it's never failed in 30 years. I love the absolutely undeniable proof. None of this wishy-washy, you know, rubbish, just undeniable proof. There is no confusion in Mm. God's word. It is crystal clear. If we maintain and preach that message, the power that's always been available through God is available through his spirit to anyone, regardless of race, nation, education, what they've done in their life. God is no respecter of persons. He says to the individual, come as you are. I will fix you. Mm. And he does. Absolutely. That's just brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you very much for sharing. So God's good. Wonderful. Now you've got a favourite scripture for me. I have got a favourite scripture. I'll just read that to you now. So this is out of 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. It says, but as it is written... I had not seen, nor ear heard, neither had entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. And if we love him, we keep his commandments. His commandments are to repent, to change your life, prepare to follow God, to be baptised by full immersion, to receive the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues. God then reveals his plan and his purpose in your life. Mm. And for the first time ever, you'll know, you'll have a vision of the things of God and that vision will sustain you all the days of your life. Natural man cannot comprehend it. Spiritual man receives the revelation from God. And I recommend this experience to anyone that hears this. Come and try for yourself. Come and see. Mm. It costs you nothing. The results are incredible and immediate. Mm. But please come, try it out. Thanks for sharing. No worries at all. Boy, did I have some fun chatting to Ian. It really goes to show that many churches today have wandered so far from God's word and truth. Thankfully for Ian, he didn't give up, and today he's living proof of the promises that God outlines in his word. Visit www.therevivalfellowship.com if you want to know how God can change your life just like he changed Ian's. Until our next episode, God bless.